Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Well, it doesn't really start like that anymore, does it? Because we've got we've got a much more like reserved announced team now for than it's two hours. Yeah. For now. For now. We'll be back again. It is the yeah. Carlton Classic Night. Nice <laughs> start opening it with like a little golf clap. Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome. Welcome to Carlton Classic Night Review. Oh, fantastic! Oh, we're going to hear some lovely stories. Eric will be here soon, but for now, here's Tony. <laughs> Hour two. Just. <laughs> <laughs> We should just set fireworks off randomly as soon as we click past an hour. Yeah, we've got the headroom in here. We'll be fine. It'd be all right. This is where we go back in time to a simpler time, uh, to Monday Nitro. Week to week, we examine uh, what remains of and what will become. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, along with resident WCW kid of Coldaholics, Sam the Shredditor Driver. You right? You sleepy boy. I'm fucked, man. <laughs> I was like, honestly, everybody at home, I, I, I went to bed around, well, I fell asleep on the couch for a half hour at like midnight, uh, you know, as you sometimes do. And it was like, oh shit, fell asleep on the couch, best get to bed, went upstairs to lie in bed, wide awake oh. till like three, half three. And then it was like maybe another 40 odd minutes of sleep. And then it was like, well, what the fuck's the point of trying to get back to sleep now? Because I'll only feel worse. Because, you know, when you have like that hour yeah. of sleep and it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be perfect. And you wake up feeling like shit. Um, I was like, I want to avoid that. So I, I'm just sort of floating right Bless now. Bless you, man. So, yeah. And we don't know what caused it, do we? You no, just, I just, just didn't feel tired. It was Because really <laughs> you do quite a lot of like late nights and stuff you'll tell me a few times you'll spend some evenings on blender and before you know oh, it, it's yeah, like 3 it was, a.m it was like I'd, i've been doing a lot of housework and diy stuff but i thought that would have just knackered me out but no mm-hmm. i was just like fucking it's full friendly. of beans at like 4 a.m so i got up carry, and yeah. got up and cleared the bathroom out and uh bleached a load of stuff and yeah it's been a pretty productive <laughs> early hours of today see i was worried i was briefly worried and i thought it's us and it'll be fine because as well as you being uh, without sleep, I'm currently uh, on a on a caffeine avoidance routine. Oh, really? So I haven't had caffeine since maybe Sunday. Fuck. So the headaches it's have hard, subsided. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, I got I felt like I've been hit like a bus. Yeah. The other day, it's horrible. Just drinking more water and drinking no caffeine. I, I, I've I've embraced having a cup of tea instead I've, of five or six cups of coffee a day. Well, this is, I've really got to knock it off because like there's some mornings where I'm coming back up from Steph's. 
uh, and I'll like like stop at a station and there'll be a Starbucks and it's like, hey, give me a large black Americano but with like five shots of espresso. Oh. And that's just like, I've got like an underlying heart condition. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this shit. No. But no, I just, I just guzzle it down like it's pop. <laughs> it's a worry in it when you do it yeah. when, you, when you don't even think about it well it, it's like it's it's yeah when you start to kind of feel the chest tightness and it's like fuck i've had like seven coffees mm. <laughs> so, I, so, so i love coffee but I've, I've just got to get better at it and i don't like decaf i'm not a decaf fan i'm gonna try decaf after i've cleared out me uh me, me tubes this week in, honestly it's it's not too bad decaf's you like largely mm. fine uh it's just for me it defeats the purpose a little bit but it's the point of it, right? But I wonder whether it's a, a placebo effect that I'm having why I drink so much coffee. Maybe. Uh, but but really, coming off it this week, I've gone, oh, because well, I caffeine pri- caffeine free cokes pretty good. Yeah, I, my, yeah, we used to have that when I was a the, kid. We used to have caffeine free diet. One coke. of one of my aunties used to have it, and it would just be whenever you went to her house, you knew you were getting the like bronze coke. Yeah, can. <laughs> boy, that's what we had in our house growing yeah. up. But it was none of this raspberry Kirk <laughs> shite. <laughs> to the point that when I had like proper Coke at school one day, I went, oh, blah! I yeah. was like horrified by it. I can't drink like regular Coke on the regular. Yeah. Now. it has to. Do you know I I miss diet. I miss I miss the old Cherry Coke logo. I swear it tasted oh. better back then because it looked less like it was. It looked cool. It was like Coke but cooler. There to go and ruin and it. No, uh, they just it. brought it all in line and made the cans purple. <laughs> disgraceful, disgraceful. Remember when Marmite was called Bovril Gold? Yeah, fucking twat. Yeah. Who do they? Who do they think they are? Who do they think they are? I always pride myself on being that person that like does like no sleep and works long hours. And yeah. I realise a lot of that has been partly, obviously, because of ambition and passion, but also caffeine addiction. Yeah, and I think that's why. <laughs> I need to. I've been exhausted this week. I need to clear this like mega project I'm on, and then I'm like gonna try and like vow to my that I'm going to try and just work on my own mm. like kind of ideas for shorts and stuff at home because like the amount of times it is just like I could just pop on and do this and it's like 3am and it's like fuck you know yeah it's when you get into the wee hours yeah. that uh, you go oh no and then you start doing that thing when you go if I go to bed now yeah I sleep for exactly four, four hours. hours is the cutoff yeah so like four hours is the best night's sleep right uh that you can get in short term sleep sense i guess uh but i never get the full four no no you get you get as far as rick arn and mongo <laughs> you don't get your chris benoit at the end there. no no benoit at the no end. benoit thankfully um with i'm always the first one that's up in our house yeah always am so i'll always be the one that'll make a cup of coffee and, and you know and just start and feed the cat and stuff this morning mm-hmm. uh i woke up and alex was already pottering around and i was like you're up early and he went no 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 you're up late I was like, it's half six. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> that's never happened. That's it's like she, midday for yeah, me. I was like, I've, all this, I've got so many things. And it's just like, and she said, it's, well, you've, you look so peaceful. I didn't want to disturb. <laughs> I said, I've got to go work. I used to be such a morning person. I don't know what the fuck happened. Uh, I, I, it's just, just something about just getting up way early because you just right. get all your shit sorted and then you've got like an hour to just play some games before work. I take great joy in some mornings when you'd have that day where, you, yeah. where I go, get stuff done, get stuff done. Then you go, all right, okay, it's 10 a.m. Right, we can work on other stuff now. Yeah. But all the important stuff is done and cleared. It's taken care of. Yeah, I like those days. Mm. And and, uh, and the one thing I'm realizing is caffeine helped me through them. So we might need to re- reevaluate. Just move on to the harder stuff. Just move on to the Colombian stuff, Tom. <laughs> 
Some would argue I already am. Uh, if you listen to the Cold Holic podcast, you'll know apparently I already am. So that's good. Hey, let's now love of that. You just really like the smell of toilets, all right? That's all it is. <laughs> they smell great in here. <laughs> Normally the dirty toilets on a Saturday night at 3 a.m. They're the best smelling toilets. Yeah, the best ones. With my mate Pedro. Um, so <laughs> just brought him into dry dock on the, <laughs> the narco sub that he's brought all the way from Sao Paulo. Dry dock, the narco sub. Um, <laughs> let's go to June 17th, 1996 for this week. Number one in the UK box office is The Rock, not the wrestler, the film. Yeah, the film. Uh, the US box office number one is The Cable Guy. Nice. Black comedy star, uh, written by De- Ben Stiller, directed by Ben Stiller, starring Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick. A lot of people see this as Jim Carrey's... Is falling less... off. Yeah, he's yeah. falling off Well, film. not falling off, but like kind of just... The misfire, I guess. I think because he'd been such, like, he'd been, he had such a Midas touch for so long, and then when this yeah. didn't quite hit the market, I went, can't, oh. I can't speak to the states, but I know over here, it, it, yeah, like it wasn't mega, mega popular. I don't think here it was often like it's one that you'd see in stores, but you'd and you'd see posters for, but you'd never kind of see it advertised very heavily. Mm. It felt like that anyway. I, I. I, I remember watching it on Terrestrial. That's yeah. my first memory of it. Obviously, it came out in the cinema. Yeah. I don't remember watching it in the cinema. Um, but yeah, a lot of people say it's not a great film. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times. It's uh, it's a bit darker than a normal Jim Carrey offering. But but it's not as dark as the number 23. Oh, no. Nothing is. The number 23, Tom. No, nothing's as dark as 23. Lest we forget. Don't even it's Google coming it. for us all. Time. Don't even Google it's 23. <laughs> For the people that brought you 22. For the um, people that brought you 34. <laughs> the number one in the UK box office. Uh, there's like the, the music charts don't change. Number one is still The Fuji's Killing Me Softly. Yep. Bone Thugs and Harmony still in there with Crossroads in the Billboard nice. number one. They'll be there forever. Uh, this week, the Sex Pistols reformed. Yeah. They began a 78-day tour called Filthy Lucre. Uh, this would be the first time they performed together since the breakup in 78. And their first with Glenn Matlock since his original departure in 77. I remember when they reformed in like, was it like 2012? They did like a UK tour uh, and tickets were like gold dust. But like for... For all like British punk and everything, like it's banging, but Sex Pistols aren't really it. They're not really like they are a manufactured band. Mm. <laughs> they, they are an X Factor before X. Well, not really, but they you know what I mean. Kind of, they were put together. Um, but what they represent is 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 something much much bigger as a whole and the movement as a whole. Uh, but then you got all the other bands in there just kind of working away underneath, really paving what punk would go on to be when you had this big mainstream punk thing going on. Uh, and then you get American punk, which is just like a completely different beast. Oh, gosh, so, yeah. Very different. Style, very, very different. different yeah. Uh, also on this particular day, 21st of June, a children's game show debuted on BBC One called To Me To You. Nice. Uh, I wonder who's involved uh, with this. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's it is. Rotherham's own. <laughs> it's the, it the sons of Rotherham, uh, Barry and Paul Chuckle, the Chuckle <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Uh, it focused on young children competing for prizes, taking part in mini games during the course of an episode in which they'd have to work together as a team to mm-hmm. me, to you. Uh, in, in addition, the presenters, the program also included a series of celebrities, uh, many involved in children's TV during that period. It would run for quite a while, moving channels a few times, and it'd do quite well. Yeah. They, they were, uh, they, they can't be understated that the Chuckle Brothers are 
light entertainment legends. Yeah. I mean, we've got some really weird kind of kids TV here, I think, like us, Australia does as well. Like America has quite conventional kids TV, you know, like Keenan and Kel follow the formula, mm. you know, like a lot of the kind of American shows follow much more rigid formulas where ours were just like, it's these weird two brothers who do odd jobs together and <laughs> fun and it just works. It's just fucking weird. You remember Zap? Zap was yeah. just like, here's a funny three minutes. Now here's another funny three it was minutes. set up like a comic book, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were zoomed and in on zoom different into different people each week. Yeah. And you get different stories each week and you go, oh, I hope it's the magician. Hey, it's the it's magician. The magician. Right. Hey. So, I hope it's not the sex offender. On the point oh, of no, sex offender <laughs> on again. the point of uh, <laughs> there wasn't a sex offender. On the... <laughs> not that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> ah, right on the on the on the point of sex pistols reforming. I believe it's the the year. <laughs> on the point of sex <gasps> pistols. Oh, okay. <laughs> the year after this, I think, is that kiss. Is it ninety sevens? Kiss's first farewell tour. Yep. Um, but they reunite as a band with Ace Frehley. I think Peter Chris as well. They go out, it's like, this is it, Kiss is done, we're done, it's never going to like come back, we're stopping, it's done. Gene's like, I've made all the money I ever want to make. Uh, and then now, this year, they're on their farewell tour. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they were like 120 quid a fucking ticket or something for like decent seats. And it's just Kiss. You're not like, I'd Kiss 15 years ago, maybe, probably, I might go see them, but now... No. You seen, you seen fucking Motley Crue are just working off tape. They fired. <laughs> oh, no. They fired uh, Mick Mars, the guitarist, and were like, he's slow and he's old and he can't remember his parts. It turns out he's released audio footage of his monitor where you can hear him playing perfectly. Uh, the rest of them, including Tommy Lee, the drummer, um, there were some points where he was absent as you heard drums start to play, <laughs> and he quickly hurry back to the drum set. Um, <clears throat> It's, it's, yeah, God, what the, no. like people paying for it. And it's like, yeah, I get, you know, you just want to go see Motley Crue and get pissed <laughs> and have fun. But like, come on, <laughs> you're paying to listen to a CD. <laughs> I mean, John Five's there now, so they're a good guitarist still. But like, come on, Vince Neil killed a guy. <laughs> he he did. did. He did. He did. You're funding that. And now he's on Cameo, just off his lips on some balcony, just going, hey, don't forget to kickstart your heart on your birthday. I hope there's lots of girls, girls, girls. His cameo's fucking fantastic. I was say, how much is I'm it? I'm sorry, I'm sleep deprived. This is going to be a long and weird week. But go check out Vince Neil's cameo. I fucking swear to God. It's Strapping, just, it's, it's a journey. It's like, you know, when Shane did them all at the same table? It's yeah. like that. It's oh. like you'll see ten in a row from the same balcony, like one after the other. <laughs> Absolutely. And everyone is just like, hey, Jim, happy birthday, Jim. <laughs> one thing I'd ask is when you do, if you are a cameo person, right, read the message first and, in, in, and ingest it before you start the cameo. I just, I just when I see it. eyes like scanning the screen as yeah. they're reading, so your name's Dave and it's your birthday. The least you could do Wednesday. is invest in a proper auto cue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just scan the Tom's message. a professional. Just scan the message. I just find it funny that, that I'm on there, to be honest. That's I think it's fucking laughable. Coltite.com slash cameo. Book Sam Driver on cameo now. I'll just rant about shite for you for as long as you want. You've got a bar mitzvah coming up. Let I'll, him get him on yeah, there. I'll tell you all about Randy Savage secretly being a missile. Book him on cameo. Or is he? There you go. Book him on there. Of course he is. Are there or multiple Randy Savages? Randy Savai. 
Maybe Randy we'll Savax. find out this week. We're going to find out as we get into the news from WCW this week. Uh, it's going to be a busy one for WCW's legal department. Uh, they received a lawsuit from Titan Sports. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what this is in relation to. Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> the lawsuit has four counts. Unfair competition, claiming WCW used false and misleading descriptions of fact that is likely to cause confusion in the marketplace, i.e., you know who I am. You know why I'm here. You want a war, etc. Trademark and trade dress infringement and false designation or origin regarding WCW's use of the trade dress and persona. It of is well known that Vince McMahon invented the cut-off shirt. It's true. Now, if you want to fucking swan around in a cut-off shirt, you better pay <laughs> Vince's fiver. That's <laughs> all he needs is a fiver. That's all he needs. Uh, the Connecticut unfair competition uh, is is counted in this, citing a violation of Connecticut law by WWE's misleading descriptions of fact in the angle that constitutes a deceptive act and that is used of the Razor Ramon persona does the same. So based, all of this is saying you're using, you, you're pretending that Razor Ramon is in WCW from the WWF. You're pretending that he works for you. Uh, you're, you're pretending he works for us and you're <laughs> pretending that the WWF are going to war and you're not. We're going to sue you about it. They're, right. also, they're also suing them for defamation for a completely different reason. Ooh. Remember when the lights went out in Lakeland, Florida? Yeah. And yeah. Bischoff made that little comment going, oh, well, looks like they're trying to shut us down. Yeah, yeah they're after him for that as well. I, this just reeks of fucking Vince sitting there, like on the phone. It's just, it's just that scene. It's like, I want him dead. I want his wife and kids dead. <laughs> I want his dog dead. I want to burn his house down and piss on the ash. <laughs> <laughs> and McDevitt's just like, well, we can get him on this. And he's like, do it. <laughs> it doesn't even end there because they've also filed a temporary restraining order oh. asking WCW to be prohibited from making any statements or visual indications that the WWF is affiliated in any way with this war angle. Uh, also using any misleading descriptions of fact that is likely to create confusion or deceive the public on affiliation of the wrestlers involved using any of Titan Sports' trademarks for Wait. names or dress that would cause confusion. Also, they're not allowed to make reference to Scott Hall as either Razor Ramon or the bad guy. They're like a day late on a couple of these, though, because they already got out in front and addressed, like, do you work for the WW Silence yeah. if you watch it on the network? Um, and they go, no. Yeah, they said it at Great American Bash. <laughs> Very flatly. No, we don't. They absolutely do. So so obviously they report this, uh, yeah. but they say that Titan Sports filed this lawsuit on the 20th of ah, June. Okay. But but this is still like a good four or five days after the Great oh, American right, Bash. Shit. Maybe they're just trying to get any, anything to stick. Just anything to stick. They've just, so basically they say, look, if you if you refer to Diesel as Big Daddy Cool or anything D or Diesel or, you know, if he drives it's a truck. It's Big Daddy Not Hot. <laughs> it's Small Father Driving his hot. monster truck. <laughs> not articulated truck. There's a difference. He's not allowed to be the fuel what makes a Mack truck go. Nothing to do with uh, anything. If they do, then obviously they'll come down hard on them. Now this we is know from the guy that wanted he wanted to just rip off STP, like the, the, the oil company that works with race cars for Sparky Thurman Plug. This is the... No, exactly. This <laughs> is that's like a registered the, trademark. It's also the motherfucker who said, oh, Rick, you're leaving. you got the still WCW World title. Send it over. Oh, Harley. We'll oh, Harley. Can I have the, the 10 pounds of gold, please? Yeah. So, like, it's... Again, it's it's Vince changing in size depending on who's coming for him. He's yeah. either a, a sweet mum and pop company or a giant of look, wrestling. You've you got to turn your back to look at the other way when he's going like, oh, no, they're trying to hit me with a stick. And you turn around and Bischoff's just eating a donut. <laughs> and then Vince is all of a sudden when he turned back around like 58 feet tall with Jerry McDivitt behind him <laughs> with like laser eyes. <laughs> 
Now, uh, as well as all of this, uh, they have been asked to state three times during every Nitro broadcast the following I about this. the following statements. So, so Vincent Mann has said, right, do all the right. Okay, there is a there's a restraining order against you. Here's why we're suing you. We will let you off if you do the following three times on every episode of Nitro. You must say Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are both under contract to the WCW, and all their actions since May 27th, 1996, have been at the direction of WCW. Any statements made by us or suggestion made by us that Hall or Nash were affiliated with the WWF are false and misleading. The WWF was not and has not been in any way affiliated with the portrayal of Hall and Nash since May 27th, 1996. And there will not be any matches between WWF wrestlers and WCW wrestlers on Nitro on any of their shows or on any of the pay-per-views. Any statement or suggestion that affects WCW and TBS personnel are false. If you wish to view WWF wrestlers, you could watch the WWF's programs, including Monday Night Raw, which airs on the, airs on the USA Network Monday nights at 9pm. They wanted them to say that three <laughs> times a show. It's a nice little soundbite. <laughs> it's a perfect little soundbite. <laughs> Basically, it's as long as a match between you John Tenter and Big you Bubba. Can, you can hire them, but it's never fucking happening. <laughs> You're never going to see WWF. They're not affiliated with us. No, technically, they are. They used to work for you. That's an affiliation. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, you, might, you might listen to this, and you might need some sort of modern frame of reference. So I'll give you... Here's a good modern frame of reference. During the Vince- this would be like a fortnight doing... <laughs> Like, you know when you're doing your dance in Fortnite? <laughs> like, for example, I mean, in terms of when um, when Sami Zayn was was in the bloodline with Roman yeah. Reigns, I imagine them saying, well, Sami Zayn is part of the bloodline because we have told him to for a storyline. It's that kind of thing. Except, like, five lines long. But five yeah. lines long. So, basically, you have to... And so, they're getting you to, to basically go behind the curtain and say, it's a storyline, and, and everything they're doing, they're being told to do. Like, it's bullshit. The Bischoff's reaction will be something along the lines of, that's bullshit. Well, there was no halftime horn. I don't know if it was just the arena last time, but there was a halftime horn last time before the uh, second hour fireworks. They just started, but didn't they? I was going to say, if ever Diesel emerges... That's right, Diesel Vince. I know who he really is. If he ever emerges at the top of the hour and the horn goes off, there's going to be more ructions. There's going to be, unless they say that beautiful soundbite (laughs) very quickly. Bishops. Oh no, I forgot about the horn. That's just Vince, please. (laughs) I'm sick of this shit. I've got to read every letter when you send it. (laughs) Ted's riding my fucking ass. Like, come on. The problem is that Scott Hall... It's just a women's title belt that you weren't even using. (laughs) Leave us alone. (laughs) Just has a complete breakdown. Meanwhile, in meanwhile at Ringside Area, Scott Hall's got a story where he's he's got a forklift driver to 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 pick something up and lift it over the crowd. The forklift driver's name is called Ramon, unfortunately. And he goes, "Yeah, Razor, Ramon, Razor." I'd have just. Oh no, it's not what I'm. I'd have just tried to spite them and keep the accent and just be like, "Where are you from? You sound Cuban." And he goes like, "No," you and just says somewhere Stanford. else. <laughs> Vince sent me. I'm from Florida. <laughs> I'm from Florida, dickhead. <laughs> uh, say hello to me, not Razor Ramon. La 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 la. Just does the accent, and it's where you from? Nashville. <laughs> Straight back into the accent. Uh, they won't do the statement. They will be back and forth with these two. <laughs> no, and, really. But, I know, right? They're not going to do the statement. But don't worry, because WWF have a method to get around this that is fucking timeless. And we'll be on Monday Night Raw in a few weeks to come. <laughs> it is mwah, fucking timeless. What is it? Say hello to the new bad guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fucking oh. hell. 
I thought Come you on meant, in, Kane! I, I didn't think we were getting that far that quick. We're very close. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> A couple of months away for us, a couple of weeks away for us on the Raw review. Yeah. Oh, bring the noise. Uh, so that is the biggest chunk of the wrestling news this week. A few other bits to get to as we go through. Let's go to Monday Night Raw from June 17th, 1996. We are live. And Tony's fucking disgusted. Tony, but do you know what? He shouldn't be because he gets the big boy chair this week. How dare they? I know, because Eric Bischoff got beaten up last night. How dare they, Tom? How dare they? <laughs> did you see what they did to him, Tom? I did see, man. Well, we sat if here. you didn't see, what you should do is buy the replay, which takes place tomorrow night. Call your pay-per-view provider. He has everything that happened on the show in extreme detail, plus like images and stills of it all happening. But make sure you drop that $30. You can't miss out. Mm. Here, once again, are the facts three times throughout the show. Basically, the main talking point <laughs> commentary is, dear God, please buy the fucking replay. And we, we were having a war. And That's the recurring theme. But it's it's the, yeah, but it, it's it's the, dear God, please buy the replay. And I get they're hyping up like, oh, and there's all this exciting stuff and there's all this exciting stuff. But then they give away too much of the info, it feels. Mm. And it's like, what, what, why, why should I buy the replay? I know yeah. what happens now. <laughs> In the first five minutes, they do like like still recap of the entirety of the Great American Bash. Yeah, because like surely you'd keep some of the card just kind of mysterious. Mm, they tell you everything. Yeah. It's madness. Uh, who are they telling you that? Well, it's Tony Giovanni and Larry Zabisco. Tony's here for the whole night. Larry's just here for the hour because he gets paid by the hour. Uh, <laughs> and, they, and the reason that Tony's there is because Eric Bischoff got powerbombed into oblivion last night. By those cons. <laughs> He's so disgusted. He's so <laughs> upset. But they're all on like proper war footing, like yeah. all night. They're really, they're really anxious yeah. and quite angry all night. Uh, Tony says we are under alert tonight. Uh, Larry Zabisco tells the two rogues that threw skinny little Bischoff off the ramp that they don't impress him. He says, "I want you two clowns to realize you're not welcome here and you're not wanted here." Um, tonight, the big, the other big story arc of tonight is at the end of the night, we're going to reveal the six wrestlers who were in the running to face Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and their mystery person at Bash at the Beach. But they'll bow those They're six, gonna be they'll pick three. Whittled down to three, right? So you think mm. there's going to be some sort of contest, there's going to be some sort of, you know, test to determine the three strongest competitors. Um, but we'll get to it. We will get to it. Oh, so we certainly will. Uh, after a recap of the Great American Bash, uh, we're reminded once again, dear God, buy the replay. Uh, the opening match... Here's everything that happened, though. Just buy it again. I'm begging you. Uh, Steve, oh, oh, actually, do you know what? In the, in the opening bit, they, they show Bischoff talking to Kevin Scott, yeah. and they have they show Scott punch him in the gut and then go, if you want to see what happens next, stick around later on, we'll show you, but also buy the replay. <laughs> Fuck it, Al. Grifters. Um, Stevie Ray versus Rick Steiner is our mm. only match. We started the other night with Scott versus Booker T, the other way around this time. Stevie, who's got a few inches on Rick, dominates until Steiner lands that a lovely... fucking clothesline. Oh! Levels him pretty much straight out of the gate. There's a little exchange and then just sit down. That is basically Rick's big... But there's, there's, there, It's a story of two clotheslines. Yeah. It's a story of two clotheslines. And one overhead suplex that nearly breaks Stevie's skull. Yeah. Um, uh, so Stevie attempts to come into this, but this is a Steiner boy. He finishes him off with a very fucking beefy lariat. He goes into the corner yeah. and then just runs out. What felt like it was going to be like a transitional move. 
Yeah. Walloped him, we've, hooked him tight, pinned him. We've seen this a few times, though, and I, I wonder if that plays into the whole ethos of Bischoff, where, you know, it, it's the unexpected moments. It's the mm. unexpected thing that you miss while you may be looking away from the screen. You can't look away now because you, you can't kind of telegraph when it's going to happen. Maybe it's tied to that. Maybe it was just like, nope, get out there and hit him with a corner splash. I, I'm not against it, actually. The no, idea that... Mm, I quite like it. A finisher does not always finish the match. And sometimes it's something as rudimentary as a well, fucking beefy do you Do you have to see a finisher every single time? No. No, I don't think so. I think like, that's I, something that's been lost to time a bit. It feels like there's a finish. I, you know, it's felt like that for years since I was little. It feels mm. like there's a finisher in every match. But having it, yeah, end on something that just doesn't feel like it's overly special is kind of like, ugh. What would what would you say is Rick Steiner's finish? I guess it's the bulldog that he did. Yeah, even that didn't finish the match this time. It was that was that was the transition before the close yeah. line. Um, so either way. Rick Steiner wins. Seconds later, Booker T jumps Rick, and the Harlem Heat boys are putting a shoe in on old doggy yeah. face Gremo. Try to get him with the Harlem hangover. They were going, yeah, well, that was it. They, they said, oh, they're going to do their big move. Oh, no, they're going to do another move. <laughs> uh, they, they hold, like, Stevie holds down Rick, and Booker T goes to the top. Scott Steiner jumps into the ring. Mm. Uh, and so Scott Steiner jumps into the ring. He's like, Diddling, you have three options attack Rick Steiner. Sorry, attacks. Don't do that. Not for a couple of years yet. Uh, attacks Stevie Ray. Attack Booker T. Lie on top of Rick Steiner. I don't know why. Are you sure you want option three? That seems the weirdest. I, I thought you were going to think. You have three new messages. Message one. He's fat. <laughs> Message two. <laughs> you know how they say all men are created equal. And there's a cutoff point. <laughs> Message three is just him continuing the rant. 33.36. Suck a fight. <laughs> uh, he becomes a third of a man because he chooses to lie on top of Rick Steiner as Booker T lands off the top on top of Scott. Oh no, Scott, you got a match later. You're facing the Fuck. giant in the main event. He's the world title holder. What are you going to do, Scotty? You bloody injured yourself, you big silly. To quote my good friends at the New what Generation Project, do... it's the one thing that you didn't want to happen. <laughs> what you should do is ensure that you're allowed to bring a tiger to the ring. Therefore, nobody can fuck with you. Bring a tiger. We're going to see it. I love him with a tiger. Do you know that he just asked for that and people were too scared to say no, so they got a bit? God. That's I can't remember. It was a backstage writer, I think, or a backstage producer. I was reading a, like an interview with, but it was he was asked about it, and it was just like, oh, yeah, it was basically kind of like, Scott wasn't exactly like hard to work with, but he wasn't like easy to work with during this time period. Um, and yeah, whatever he wanted, he, he kind of got. So when he was like, I want a tiger, maybe semi-jokingly, uh, we got him a tiger. <laughs> How did you get a tiger in 1996? I, you could get him fairly regularly until Joe Exotic got exposed, I'd uh, imagine. I suppose. He just popped to the nearest zoo. Can yeah. I borrow him? Who's it for? Scott Steiner? I'll fucking take two. Look over there. Could he run out with the tiger under <laughs> yeah. your arm? A fully grown tiger. Whoop. That's how Bob Ryder did it. <laughs> <laughs> Look over there, Bob. They send me and Gene in there with a little saddle. <laughs> He rides the tiger out. <laughs> little cowboy hat on. Cause he's one for a costume. Jumps straight through the cage. I've got your tiger, Scott. It's just the, the ride the tiger line from uh, Holy Diver, but on a loop. Like an uncomfortable oh. loop that doesn't loop properly. <laughs> ride, ride, the the tiger. Tiger. ride the 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 tiger. Running through suburbia, just on the way to the arena. That's mean, Gene. You see the stadium getting bigger and the distance is getting closer. 
fucking bombing down it's the road. It's animated at this point. It's yeah, on like a wheel. Layers of traffic. He's just <laughs> over the top of the cars. <laughs> Gotta get away. Doing another quick quick rendition of the national anthem over the top of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, say, can you see? I wish Mean Gene did that instead of all the things he does. <laughs> instead of living on a ramp. It's a li- <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> We're halfway damp. Damp. Oh, living on a ramp. He's got a little tent set up. He's like, it's like Paul Breach, bless him. Um, <laughs> Disco Inferno. Oh, you Dis- mean, you mean um, Gentleman's Club host, Disco Inferno. Gentleman's Club host, because he's got a glitter ball now. No, 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 that was that was a job he had. Oh, really? <laughs> he hosted a Gentleman's Club? Yeah. I did <laughs> In Las Vegas, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. This is news to me. Yeah, I did some, I did a little, just a little Google as he was doing his big dance. Oh. I was like, what, what fun facts can we pull up? I tell him, but I think I blocked him, so I won't. Never mind. Yeah, it's all right. Joe Gomez is about to kick fuck out of he him. He certainly so. is the desperado, Joe Gomez. Finally debuting. Uh, he's making his WCW Nitro debut. However, he has been here before. In he 1990, has. he was Alan Iron Eagle. But he wasn't Nitro. So, no. Now that's it. He, if you remember it, that was a different Joe Gomez. <laughs> different yeah, one. He, fuck you. The one that hid in IWA in Japan until <laughs> this particular day, between then and now. Uh, so Disco Inferno has his dance music cut off by the desperado Joe Gomez. He looks great in his in his attire. I like yep. the look of Joe. He just comes barreling down, ready to do business. Mm. Uh, Tony reveals that Hulk Hogan called WCW and threw his name in the hat for Bash at the Beach. How ominous this news update truly is. Well, it's just proof that they were lying, clearly. Mm. And it was, yeah, because the, the one... Every the week one... it's like, Hulk's watching. Mm. He's watching just like all of you, all of you little Hulksters. I know you've only got boring fucking Savage and who cares about Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and the Four Horsemen. Hulk Hogan will be back. <laughs> that's what it feels like they're getting yeah that's what they're saying <laughs> and then this, he's rang so he's on his way uh, Gomez looks strong until Disco lands on setting off now I'll be there in a month <laughs> <laughs> give me that tiger I am the tiger <laughs> oh is he walking like the this hobo what? he has a voice He's on call in me. And then he gets brother, the jeans abandoned tiger. And then Eye of the Tiger starts, which was his original entrance <laughs> music. Pops on. There we go. <laughs> Hulk Hogan on a tiger would admittedly at the time look a lot more elegant than Mean Gene, but it'd be nowhere near as fun. <laughs> Did you see that video of Hulk Hogan that's on the rounds on Joey Janella's Twitter? <laughs> Joey Janella went to a karaoke say, night. Did you see that video of Hogan? Is that like, which one? Oh, which one? <laughs> there is one when it's at Hogan's bar. Joey Janella has turned up to do karaoke. Okay. And he sings Proud to Be an American as Florida Man. Okay. And he's singing it with like Hogan and Hogan's girlfriend and then Brian Nobbs and his girlfriend like behind him eating the dinner. And it's just like, it's like a Roman court <laughs> with Hogan and knobs, like like nonchalantly eating his pasta mania whilst Joey Janela's singing. It's why, like, it's just <laughs> surreal shit like this is why I love wrestling. You don't, like, you get, like, actors have shoot interview type things, you know, they do inside the actor's studio. Like, they'll sit and talk about, like, difficult productions. And it's all the juicy shit that you get in shoots, right? But there's just nothing, like situationally no that compares to wrestling <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and nothing. how it spills into the real world it's, it's weird it's a joy uh so neck breaker from disco cuts gomez's good times off disco starts dancing and zabisco's fucking livid pin him 
time, you idiot! He pins him, but it gives him chance to shake it off. So as he as Disco lies on him to cover him, Gomez does a roll yeah, up for the whoops, three. Small packages him. A la when Jeff Hardy beat Triple H that time in two thousand and eight. Sorry, when Triple H beat Jeff Hardy that time in two thousand and eight. Fucking dastardly Jeff Hardy deserved it. <laughs> he deserved it. We like Joe Gomez making my friend Triple H upset <laughs> like that. Everyone going, you should put Triple H over. Trips going, nope. <laughs> I'll do it, but under duress. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mean Gene is standing by with Miss Elizabeth Woman and the new lady, Deborah McMichael. Oh, Debbie. Oh, she's in oh, a lovely Debbie, dress. Oh, Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. What have you done? She's got a nice heel smile, though. She, what's she done? Oh, Mean Gene is livid with her, disappointed with her. And she's and you know what? It's weird because she's like, well, I did, it, I for did the, it for the money. Did it for the money. Also, this is because it's implied here as well that the money is uh, Macho Man's money that's been taken from Macho Man by Elizabeth. So that's been given to Mongo to buy his loyalty. And then what are they going to do when they eventually take Mongo's money is the same to somebody else. So it's just a big Ponzi scheme. Is that how Ric Flair <laughs> stays in limousines and watches? If anyone's involved in a Ponzi scheme, it's probably Ric Flair. <laughs> the four horsemen uh, Ponzi in kayfabe, scheme. In kayfabe. In kayfabe. Of course in kayfabe. <laughs> and not in real life. Not in real life. Not in real life. Uh, Ric Flair is the cock of the walk this week. You know, his Ponzi scheme has been very successful. That's right. He's cut his hair in like Terry Taylor. <laughs> He puts Mongo over and gloats about Kevin Green lying in a hospital bed. We're getting Flair versus Savage tonight. At last! Because Flavage hasn't happened because Savage has been suspended for weeks now. That suspension That's what he gets for daring to stand up to the person who's destroyed his life, taken all of his money via his ex-wife. And, exactly. Uh, is now spending all of the money... And his ex-wife's just laughing about it. And everybody's like, grow the fuck up, Randy. Jesus, this is America. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you going to cry when you go to the hospital and it's 100 grand to get your leg fixed? Come on. It's not how we do things in America. You just give over the money because it's good for America. I saw a tweet that was like, 
from an American, and it was like, and I'm sorry to the American listeners, but it was, they don't mind. It, it was somebody just being all like, "Fucking uh, the ambulance is not your free ride to the hospital. It's not like a free taxi to the hospital. Like, what the fuck is it? Yeah, like, what's, what's it for? What's it's surely what an ambulance is like? No, I I got shot three times through my hip, but I got in my car, god damn it, like a real American, and I drove oh, to that hospital. <laughs> Sorry, I, sh- I, you know, really, I'm bleeding a lot. I should go into a specially kitted out vehicle. No, no. I, I mean, the cost of it's probably astronomical, which yeah, is, yeah. I suppose. I mean, that's that. I mean, there is that. I don't think. God, that. still, I no, we've got, we've got paths everywhere though, where we walk and shit. If we just had roads, we'd be cool. You know, <laughs> if only we had roads. If only we had roads everywhere, and we could all afford cars because <laughs> we're socialists, you know. So we can't. <laughs> We just prefer walking. We all share a car here in Newcastle. You get it for an hour a week. <laughs> Not right. You've got to share it with 15 other people. Anyway, I like walking. How else will I listen to my podcast? Exactly. I have to concentrate on not killing somebody mm. in a vehicle that's a weapon in the wrong hands. Well, you're right. just... It's Look, all cars should be four tons, Tom. <laughs> Bentley had the right idea with the Continental GT or whatever it was. Humvee should be the standard weight of a car and width <laughs> and roll factor land, land <laughs> cruncher and color selection <laughs> all and cars. window size <laughs> that's the standard for all cars and pollution now. Now. <laughs> oh absolutely pollution level yeah let's you just know, you know smog's a mark of pride <laughs> gonna... you don't want to be able to see where you live <laughs> who the fuck wants to see that <laughs> The dream would be we don't. And it's we just... wouldn't have to knock down half of Newcastle if it was all smog. You wouldn't be able to see any of the brutalist <laughs> architecture. <laughs> It'd just be cheaper. <laughs> really, pollution's our friend. <laughs> so remember, kids, pollution is your friend. Either way, Randy Savage. <laughs> anyway, uh, known cruise to land to air missile, Randy Savage, will yes. face Ric Flair tonight for the first time in over five weeks. Because of reasons. Now, they've, they've, their feud's been well documented. I've been a big fan of it. Savage, uh, Flair says to Savage, Macho, you're mad, you're sick, but tonight you're going to get hurt. Mean Gene keeps interrupting Ric Flair during his promo, and I thought he was very rude. Mm. Uh, Gene has this weird... He's been, he's been a bit weird lately. He seems to be cutting people off every so often. I'm an over-talker. I, I sympathise with Gene's plight. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Well, don't mean Gene. I'm not you can, but mean Gene can't. Oh, so you got a problem with Mean Gene then? Oh, was that a problem with Mean Gene? What's he going to do about it? <laughs> he's going to get in a swimming pool oh. near your house with a microphone <laughs> and he's going to listen to it. Oh, shit. He's going to have all the scoops on the WCW hotline about you. <laughs> he's going to hear me crying in the kitchen <laughs> on my own. Uh, <laughs> Chris Benoit and Arn Anderson are in action next. The horsemen are stronger than ever and they're facing the American males. American males. When you see them coming, Tom, you better run for cover. Because they come Girls, quiet. you don't need no weekend lover. <laughs> <laughs> American males. <laughs> it's that like, Ugh. it's just so great. It feels like they ran out of lyrics. Um, American males. Yeah. Like the um just becomes the start of um. <laughs> Scotty Riggs and Marcus Bagwell get the advantage on Arn and Benoit early on, but Benoit gets his knees up on a Bagwell splash to finally give the horseman a bit of advantage. Uh, Benoit nearly gets the win with a beautiful diving headbutt. However, Riggs breaks it up. Arn gets into the ring and lands a close on on Bagwell, and the crowd go mental for this. Love Arn coming in and just going, whoop just, just just leveling fuckers. Yeah, Left, right, and center. He's ace. 
The end of this comes with Arn hitting Riggs in the back of the head as he's coming off for an Irish whip. It gives Benoit a chance to land a suplex gut buster uh, on, off the top rope for three. Oh, sorry, onto the top rope. So basically, he picks him up for a suplex and then lays him yeah. stomach first on the top. Almost like stun gun. Is it stun gun where you hang him out? Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like a stun gun. It's a bit like a like the old Tully Blanchard yeah. one. Um, I don't know what he called his. I know Nathan Cruz has a backdrop version that he calls Thanks Tully. He called it the Tully Gun. Tully Gun. Yeah. Tully, Tully Gun. Tully Gun. Tully Gun. Uh, Arn helps Benoit get the pin by putting his boot just on to Scotty Riggs to keep him down yeah. for the three count. And the four horsemen do a win. Uh, in comes Mean Gene. He says, these people like... Uh, so Mean Gene is like... Res- respects the fact the crowd are popping for the horsemen. They're mm-hmm. baddies. And Arn's like, hey, these people like it when people say they're going to do something and then they do it. That's why they're cheering us. Uh, he then talks about how Mongo made the right choice and how the horsemen are complete. He addresses the taskmaster. They had a business deal. And sometimes in a business deal, one person gets rich and the other takes a bath. Sometimes in business, you just get fucked. <laughs> you just get fucked sideways. And there's nothing else you can do about it. But then Client isn't paying? Fuck you. <laughs> sometimes. Pay your bills. That's how it goes. It was Arn's phrase here. Sometimes you get rich, sometimes you take a bath. Presumably the bath is the bad part. I think bath's lovely. I love a bath. Yeah. Why can't you be rich and have a bath? Yeah, I'd love the rich it. are The rich people have the sonic cleaners where you just oh. go into it fully. You have one set of clothes like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs. <laughs> And you just stand in this thing and it just blasts you with sound waves and it just cleans all of you. <laughs> I want that one. Creeps. <laughs> Why can't you get wet? Hmm? Are you robots? Oh. Maybe. Maybe. I think I think at least Mark might be. Yeah, Don't just tell him I bit. said that. He might take it my take away my Facebook. It's Facebook's like still a big deal, but I can't wait for it to be like powerless. It's gonna be really funny when it's just nothing. Mm-hmm. Once it's sort of like everybody's moved on from the platform, it's going to be weird. Would you moving along to something else now? Since like all of us have had our blue ticks taken off us, and now the yeah, and now, now it's run roughshod. It's just, just I'm very sad. Can we just bring the social media age to a bit of a, a, a more muted level? I think we're there. Yeah, yeah, just sort of get it down to a general mm. site. Keep that going for a bit. I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there, which is nice. Benoit says, Sullivan felt what happened when you try and split up the horseman. You get beaten up. Uh, mean Gene then points out a guy in the crowd who's three fingers short of a horseman sign before going to break. <laughs> so I thought it was a very funny line by Gene. One of my favorite bits of this episode was as Benoit's making his entrance with Arn, um, they kind of get to the ring, they do a little pause as Arn gets up the steps and Benoit's just mouthing off to the crowd. And there's a guy the entire time just looking at Benoit going like, yeah, yeah, just waving the four fingers. Just, yeah. And Benoit just stares him out and then just walks into the ring and the guy's just like, yeah, Aww. yeah. <laughs> he wanted to join the horseman. Yeah. He's not allowed. He kind of tries to laugh it off, but you can tell his family just look at him like, I thought you said that Chris Benoit would do that back to you. <laughs> he's like, I know him. <laughs> you, he's, he's a friend from work. Get out. You don't have to welcome <laughs> here. Uh, you may notice that uh, Chris Benoit and later Kevin Sullivan's faces look particularly bruised here. Yes. Uh, this is not bruising from the match, as brutal as it was. This is makeup applied by the WWE makeup artist Janie Engel. Nice. So just to enhance how gore, how awful and, and aggressive that by the was, replay. By the replay. Yeah. And see Look how bad they're messed up. How bruised they are. I don't mind that at all. No. Ah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors anyway. Yeah. Like, it, like a bit of makeup's not going to, you know, it doesn't make it immoral. 
Exactly. Like, it's like you're selling a false product or anything. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, from makeup to haircuts, it's Big Bubba Rogers in a rematch from last night with John Tenta. Big Hubba Bubba. Big Hubba Bubba and Big Johnny T. John, not a fish, Tenta. Not a fish, Tenta. Not a theme music man either. So no, 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 no. music. Well, fish have theme music. <laughs> Is that what the point they're making? Men do fish as well. Have but, theme music. But fish Men have theme don't. music. <laughs> He's and not the, a fish or a man. He's a John Tenter. He's a John Tenter. And does a John Tenter have a theme song? You can make him one. No! He was just carved out of stone one day in the late 1800s. <laughs> and then, and then a, a young deer's wish brought him to life. <laughs> John Tenter, of course. That's famous, why he never famous aged. Famous animated Walt Disney movie. <laughs> Bambi 2 with John Tenter. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a real Bambi person. By way of what do you call it? You know, the giant lumberjack America has. <laughs> There's a giant lumberjack with a giant. Uh, is it like a giant bull? Oh my god, I can't remember his name. Giant lumberjack. It's a giant American lumberjack, like in folklore. Don't agree, giant. No, oh, oh, no, no. Oh. He sells. He sells sweet corn. Sells sweet corn. <laughs> The guy who played the Green Giant passed Paul away Bunyan. a few years ago. Paul Bunyan. That's it. John Tenter was actually Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. <laughs> the guy who voiced the Green Giant passed away a few years ago. And he was a jazz musician. Yeah. And he made numerous records and collaborated with multiple people. But literally, his most important his most important offering to culture was going, ho, 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 Green Giant. Which He I was mean, the ho, ho, ho yeah. in the Green Giant. Yeah. That was his big thing. That was all he ever, that was his, his, his iconic iconic role yeah. that I hope will never be replaced. If he'd just replaced. done dance remixes of that, he'd be set. He'd have made a fortune. Yeah. Uh, Larry, oh, sorry, John Tenter's all smiles as he walks to the ring. He is loving life right now, is John yeah. Tenter. Uh, Bubba walks to the ring with a fully intact beard, though. Well, no, surely not. They shaved some of it. No, no. I mean, they're telling me they shaved it, but it, I couldn't see a single... Don't worry, because John Tenter <laughs> does address this, because he looks down the camera and goes, his beard looks shorter. So, like, he didn't shave it off, just shortened it a bit. His beard looks shorter. It's like, it's like Bubba realised, shit, I've got jury duty in two weeks. You can't do this, man. You can't do this. Uh, Zabisco, uh, is, sorry, sorry, they brawl on the outside to get started, and Zabisco says Tenta is, quote, the size of the national debt, which I thought was quite a funny line. <laughs> as John unloads on Bubba with clotheslines, even pulls out a fucking dropkick as well, does mm -hmm. Tent. Big Tent. Big Tent with a Big boy. Tent. Beefy boy battle. We see Tenta land a few corner splashes, uh, and Jimmy Hart hits him with the megaphone to zero effect. Bit of revenge for Jimmy Hart as Tenta hits an atomic drop. Power slams Big Bubba Rogers and decides, no, I want to do that again. I'm going to give him another power slam. So he picks him up and gives him another power slam. And then in a strange move, he goes round the side, puts his feet on the ropes and does a dirty, cheaty pin to get the three on Big Bubba. And, uh, I don't understand. Uh, lol. <laughs> I, it, it, Were you it, as confused as I was? Yeah, it, it felt like uh, I don't know because the, there, there was a really like striking moment for me where the things spilt the outside. Bubba like just hurls the stairs. Mm. Like that is a strong man. Those stairs were five hundred pounds. Just, uh, but yeah, then you kind of have this ending where it, it almost feels like maybe. It was like, oh, and there we go, and oh shit, no, I need to do fucking ropes. Let's yeah. go again. And 
But I, I don't know. It, it just felt very, very stilted. So it feels like something went wrong there. But it like, it, it, it just, yeah, just the kind of, oh, I've got a clean pit. No, I'm going to cheat. Yeah. And you is can it... maybe explain it ways trying to further the feud, but the feud's going to further anyway because he shaved half your fucking hair off. So <laughs> is, is it because... I don't understand is it because John? I know, no, don't worry, I know what it is. It's because John Tenter used to be a fish, so he's not used to having legs. So he... <laughs> you had to just get those pesky legs out of the way, put them together so it felt like a flipper, and then he could make the pin in peace. Yes, that's what it is. He's learning how to use his legs again. Uh, anyway, he pins him. He, then he, fa- he goes to chase down Jimmy Hart, who then throws Bubba a sock full of coins. He batters John Tenter with this sock. The noise it makes is disgusting. <laughs> Just a big old smelly sock. Like a, like a clangy noise. It's awful. Uh, he then pours the coins all over John Tent. No, he magically makes coins appear in the sock. Oh, so he's just hitting him with a standard He's a sock. magician. Why do you think he couldn't lose his beard? <laughs> A magician with a beard that never that never disappears. I've got a show next week, mate. You can't do this to me. Has he has he signed the Santa Claus? <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> the beard will just keep growing. It was actually getting right in there, but it was just instantaneous. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. <laughs> big Bubba Rogers is Father Christmas. Write to your parents and tell them. Uh, mean Gene catches up with Big Bubba Rogers and Jimmy Hart, and Bubba is delighted about his attack, and he encourages everybody to watch the replay. Dear God, watch the replay and see how I kicked John Tender's ass the night before. <laughs> Dear God, watch the replay. As you can see, he's still got half his hair, so nothing major happened, but <laughs> we, we had a match. Yeah, and, I, and he beat me, and then I got a bit of revenge, so best watch the one from the night before, just in case there's, you know, an element that you miss. Now I'm off to trim my beard. For <laughs> to immediately grow back out again. <laughs> Post-break. Mean Gene is in the locker room with Randy Savage. After five weeks of waiting, Savage is going to take his time and be calculated in his match against Ric Flair. He says he's in the WCW forever and Nature Boy cannot put him down. Mean Gene then asks Savage if, as agreed to by WCW officials, he went to see a psychiatrist. And he says he did. He did see a psychiatrist. And she said he was OCD. One cool dude. (laughs) Sounds legit. She should be struck off. (laughs) Randy, I don't think you were talking to a, a psychiatrist. <laughs> I feel like it was a log of wood. Were you down the local, by any chance? <laughs> Did this person tell you they were a psychiatrist? Were you buying them pints? <laughs> yeah, so you got OCD. What? What are you one cool dude? Hey, Cling. Cheers. That'll do. I'll tell them you're supposed to be a psychiatrist. Great stuff. If you big shout for OCD people, <laughs> you are one cool dude, apparently. Apparently so. According to according to Savage on Nitro. Dude uh, spelled D-O-O-D as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool way. And then four X's, because it's cool yeah. to have an X in the, in the name somewhere. Uh, Randy Savage and Ric Flair, months in the making. Bobby Heenan, uh, at this point, as Savage is coming out, is getting set up because he's doing the second hour of Nitro. They, they time it so the fireworks go off as Savage makes his entrance. Yeah, which works nicely. I think that works much nicer. If you flick in the channels and then all of a sudden you see Savage coming out and there's all that going on there's all yeah. that happening so Bobby Heenan's going to sit down but Savage sees him and Savage chases him and he runs him towards the ring and Bobby Heenan gets into the ring to try and run away from him and then Bobby takes a great bump out of the <laughs> ring to try and escape and him. flees through the crowd just runs off through the oh he's great and then he finds his way back to his seat and he sounds knackered uh, he's joining Tony Schiavone for the second hour in Nitro uh, first out is uh, after Savage is Elizabeth Woman and Deborah, who Tony Schiavone calls the witches 
of Eastwick. <laughs> Great line. Uh, they lead Flair to the ring, and he's holding a T-shirt that says, Mean Green Sack Machine in the Ring. That, I just on first glance, with my bleary eyes, uh, I thought it said Mean Gene Suck Machine. <laughs> That's I was a very, like, that's I was a very just, different rumor. I was like, what? <laughs> so that's so that's why he lives on the ramp. <laughs> that's right. He's the Hoover they use in the uh, ring. Oh, that's exactly what yeah. we want. Um, he's also screaming, "Where are you now, Kevin Green? In the hospital." Uh, Flair takes the mic and says, "Every man in life must experience the agony and pain of defeat. In your case, Savage, you're experiencing the pain and agony of defeat and divorce." Look who's in Richmond tonight with all the girls. You keep your mouth shut, he says to I've got your money. <laughs> so uh, Savage then has the mic, but the mic doesn't work. Yeah. And literally you hear him say, can kick your ass. <laughs> Everyone pops for it anyway. Yeah, of course. They love it. Uh, so he takes his flair outside the ring and batters him ringside, mm. uh, off and running with Savage in charge until Flair does a whole poke in the eye. He gets some chops into the guardrail. There's an iconic piece of history here that I didn't know was hidden in this episode of Nitro. Yeah. And this really like blew my mind. They're brawling into the crowd at one point and then they brawl back up the ramp near Ric Flair's VIP area there's fruits and veg all laid out and he gets and, and and savage pushes flair's face into the fruit and savage goes over and grabs the bottle of champagne to which tony shivani in 1996 says oh a little bit of the bubbly which again blew my fucking mind is it <laughs> is it like an inside joke it must be because the way jericho says it is like identical it's identical to the way that tony yeah. said it they must. I hope. I hope. Wheels within wheels. Oh, I hope Jericho cut him a little bit of the money from the bubbly. Uh, also, the, Randy's the, getting a rebrand here because of the salad table. I thought it would work better if he was the munching man ranchy salad. <laughs> I just. How I don't know that, why. How would that? How would he salad's check? healthy, salad's so he can he can you know extol the virtues of of eating your leafy greens. Is he still with Slim Jim though, or would he have to come away? Well, from they'd that? have to do a vegan one made of like. Salad. Lettuce or something. Long strip of lettuce sellotape together. That is the most depressing <laughs> thing I've ever. Mmm, <laughs> it's my green slim gym. I it's quite, just a <laughs> there's, I quite like, up mass of lettuce leaf. I quite like the vegan options for some things because they, they they sit nicer on my tum tum. But the idea of a vegan slim gym, which is just a strip of lettuce sellotape together, that sounds like the saddest thing I've ever heard. Maybe it could be a restaurant gimmick. Maybe like you know Hogan had pasta mania. We could have munching man ranchy salads. <laughs> munching man ranchy salads. You know he's grabbing flair and he was just mushing his face into the fucking plate of salad like <laughs> over and over again. The selling point could be that you do it like a Japanese izakaya where there's like eight seats or something, so it's intimate. Oh, nice. You've got an intimate dining experience with the macho man. He'll make your food. He'll bring you your drinks all. Herbie yeah, right, salad based drinks. Drinks while you eat. Uh, and then the second that you're served up, he just grabs your head and he's just like, eat it! <laughs> eat the ranchy salads. Oh, so it's quite an aggressive eating experience. Well, it's got to be. It's the macho man. You wouldn't expect him to be like all fucking hyped and then just then here's a delicious piece of sushi. <laughs> like it just wouldn't fly. He he's got to be grabbing you and making you eat healthily. He has his big uh, cape on and then as he opens it out, there's just carrots hanging on the inside. <laughs> Munchy man, Randy, Ranchy salad. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think, I think I could have, I think I could have, I could have made that a big thing. His glasses are onions. Yeah. 
you know, you, you just tie it all in. Get him in there with not Chef Boyardee. What's a healthy brand? Um, a healthy brand. Goop. Here's a Slim Jim you can stick in your bum and it'll make you healthy. <laughs> Gwyneth guy. Paltrow says it's great. Del- he, could, he, could, he could come to the ring with the man from Del Monte <laughs> and Carmen Miranda. <laughs> Trying what to think, a team! It's just I I don't know, you know I I just and he has to ask the man I think from it was Del Monte a missed, for a he does an elbow drop like yeah just, and the man from Del Monte just goes nod nod <laughs> bang he has to clear it with the man from Del it's Monte just a big like long winding repetitive camera shot back and forth because <laughs> he's like Are you sure <laughs> he has to clear everything with him Carmen Miranda plucks off a snack at recite. <laughs> Uh, that sadly doesn't happen in this match. Flair starts landing chops post-break. Uh, Savage keeps popping up and then knocks him down. The referee gets distracted by Savage being crazy, and Flair uses the time to pull some knocks out of his boot, clobbers Savage, but takes too long to make the cover, which, which is just it's criminal. Criminal, yeah. Uh, You'd think that somebody with that level of in-ring experience would know to capitalise on that situation, but instead, though, it's all about showboating, isn't it? He it's all about... The boat. Ma- oh, he shows that boat right well off. Uh, to cover it, it's a two Put count. it back in dry dock and hide it. Put it back in dry dock. The IRS are coming. <laughs> you bought that in cash that you made on the weekends working indie shows. <laughs> you said put it You declared dry- it. <laughs> oh, I misread your message. Sorry. Uh, you said put it in dry dock. I put it in dry, dry docks. <laughs> oh, there's a deep cut. You're welcome to it. Oh, you're welcome to it. If you get it, you get it. Don't worry if you don't. Uh, referee gets knocked to the outside and doesn't see Flair get a low blow from Savage. Then Randy lands a diving elbow, goes for another, and then here come the girls, woman, Elizabeth, Deborah. <laughs> here oh, comes the money. Here comes the money. <laughs> here comes, well, technically, yeah, it yeah, does. Randy Savage's <laughs> money. They all stand there and go, don't do a diving elbow. You'll kill a man. You can't do that, Randy. We're in the way now. You're not going to hurt us. You'll get fired again. The trust that Randy had that those three would move out of the way because he just goes for it. Thank God they I worried that one might just forget. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to move. Uh, but they all uh, they move out of the way. Lands an elbow. Here comes Arn Anderson. He gets clobbered. Here comes Benoit. He gets a pile driver. Here comes Mongo. Fucking Halliburton. Here comes the, the money. Here comes the money. Because he fucking Halliburton Savage on the back of the heat. With his own money. With his own money. It's that sick, isn't it? Yeah. Hoistened by your own petard. Hoistened by your own money. Smacked over the back of the head with a Halliburton suitcase fully... Uh, you, your divorce settlement money. Yeah, Mon- yeah. Mongo money. He classes him, <laughs> puts Flair over the top, and Flair gets the three when the ref comes too. And then Mongo puts on his four horseman shirt and the foursome put the boots to Randy Savage. I like that we get the repeat of Mongo coming out and putting the shirt on for the crowd yeah. that may not have seen it. Because um, heaven you forbid know. you want to buy the replay. Yeah. Just we'll do it here. But, I, you know, it, it's there are people who just aren't going to buy the replay. So it No, does, everyone yeah. needs to buy the replay. Everybody needs to, Tom, but they're not going to. And you know why? Because they're selfish. They are pricks. They're selfish. As I was sitting here in my 24-carat gold bath at Eric Bischoff's house, I was thinking how pissed off I am that I don't have a 24-carat gold pool. Yeah, I should be. Can you imagine Bischoff actually just lives in a solid gold house? (laughs) (laughs) He has a lovely little wood cabin that he does... 
He does, yeah. Eight, three weeks from. He seems to just have lovely wilderness walks quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like. I quite like the way he lives now. Yeah, I do. Uh, mean Gene backstage is chatting to the Taskmaster with a lovely little bit of bruising on his face, courtesy of the makeup department. Uh, Jimmy Hart and the Giant. Sullivan says, in the last days, they said there would be wars all over the place. WCW is at war with these weird outsiders, and he gives them a tongue lashing. And he calls out the four horsemen uh, and says, how can you call yourselves the elite? And, and Giant says, yeah, you can't call yourselves the elite. None of you are a world champion. But I tell you what, you all line up, I'll put you all down. So yeah, it says he can take it all four at once all as well. All down, yeah. yeah. Or, and not even the king's horses and the king's men will put them together again. Mm -hmm. As the nursery rhyme said a about giant speaking rhymes, <laughs> to which Humpty Dumpty, the newest member of the Four Horsemen, shat himself. <laughs> Where does it say in Humpty Dumpty that he's an egg? Um, I don't know, but I mean, you can't really put a person back together. I mean, not that you can put an egg back together, but you can at least glue an egg shell back together. I don't think you can just glue the arms back on somebody. But nowhere in the rhyme does it say he's an egg. That's true. He might have just got really badly mauled on the way down by some trees. <laughs> by Mean Jean's tiger. <laughs> that happens just, to be passing just, this analogy. Jean's just halfway time. up the tree just trying to get some apples. <laughs> it's a long way to the arena. Who's that kid over there? <laughs> Could happen. Glacier is coming. He is. And this time we get to see him breathe. Oh. <gasps> and we see a bit of his attire. Oh, he looks like Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, but he I think does. that's the point. Yeah, and the music's very Mortal Kombat, and as we know, we've been talking about it for weeks, but we're getting little bits added to it here and there every few weeks, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. One thing from that prior talk segment, though, it's just oh, a yeah. bit at the end with uh, Kevin Sullivan where he's like, you sort of get the... the initial kind of outsiders thing then it goes straight over to feud 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 mm. and then Gene's wrapping up and he's like I just yeah obviously WCW comes first so we got to put WCW first before the, the the these guys but but it's still important but WCW comes first and it's just weird just, just like, kind of like it's like you didn't need to say that Gene like I don't know why you suddenly feel the need to put that in there you just added minutes onto a very rushed program Hey, it's got to be rushed. <laughs> Otherwise, the commentators wouldn't be talking like... Blah, 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 blah. That's true, and that's right? the signature. That is know? their signature. For it's what Ted Turner likes. I just hope they keep it no more than an hour and a half long. It's just, Ted, we shot another wrestling show. That's great. That's great. I'll catch it next week. Just tell me one thing. Are the announcers intelligible? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Of course not. <laughs> Who was in the main event? It was her versus her. I love it. <laughs> we get a recap of Eric Bischoff's powerbomb incident from the Great American Bash. He's having medical tests, and hopefully he'll be back next week. He may never walk again. <laughs> That's what Bobby says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, there's a line in a second I'm going to touch on in a moment about this. But then Mean Gene is on the ramp where he lives, and he's interviewing Ray Mysterio Jr. Yeah. Gene bloody loves Ray. Give him a kiss, why don't you, mate? It's because he's taller than him. It's because he... <laughs> there's not many there's not many he's just like I am the alpha in this situation <laughs> Ray's upset that Dean used the ropes for the pin he's going to teach him tonight what he's made of and he wants the cruiserweight title on his waist uh, he gives something for the Latino community and speaks yep. uh, and, and then heads and to the ring charges straight to the ring I still just can't like the idea 
Oh no. Just Gene. Just I love Gene. I think he's great. He is. Uh, it's Rey Mysterio in a rematch from last night. Don't forget to buy the replay, but here's another rematch from last night, so you don't have to buy the replay. Yeah. But please buy the replay. Just buy the replay, guys. Please. And but here's the rematch. Here's a rematch, so it makes the first match inconsequential. Just buy it. It's Dean Malenko and Ray for the WWE Cruiserweight title. Which is delicious. It is delicious. You're getting this on free TV? Um, Tony Shivani says, we send our best wishes to Eric, not only the host of our program, but the man with the insight to lead us into the 90s. Uh, see, there are some lines this, this week. This is a bit kind of like... Yeah. I wonder, I, 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 wonder, <laughs> I wonder who wrote that line. Do you like that, Eric? Mm. <laughs> That's how that felt. It's like, it felt. It stood out like a lot. It was... It, 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 you know, they're, they're facing, you know, shit from WWF. I imagine it's quite stressful. So it, it's, it just felt weird. I feel like that Eric wrote that and sent it to him. <laughs> Here's some script for this week, lads. Make sure you tell them how let's hot see and if sexy they, I am. Let's see if they cut it out. <laughs> Do we notice how virile Eric Bischoff is? He puts it in as a joke. He's furious that they've actually said it. He's just like, I thought you'd cut it. He's like, we didn't want to cut it. You'd, you might cut us. <laughs> uh, from cutting to signing, a wrestling observer said this week that uh, WCW are looking to come to terms with a contract for Rey Mysterio Jr. This should be getting Gene in the ring. <laughs> Gene Mysterio. <laughs> boyaka, boyaka. <laughs> Uh, great match between these two at a slightly slower pace than the night before. Still yeah. great though. We get we get like a nice sort of feeling out moment at the start where sort of it's just reversal for reversal for reversal to the point where commentary are like, you know, it's the man of a thousand holds, it's the man of a thousand reversals, and it's just sort of you get a distinct flavor of each guy's style, like very clearly, very obviously. It's a very nice match to follow. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, there's a nice bit where they're fighting on the top rope. Uh, and Mysterio flips backwards to evade Belenko. He jumps up top himself, but gets an electric chair drop from Dino instead. Yeah. That was lovely. Very nice. Dean slows it right down with an abdominal stretch into an STF. Ray doesn't tap, and then Dean flattens him with a fucking powerbomb. Yeah. Oh! Just just proper rings him out. <laughs> oh, he just fucking does. Jeez. Fight goes outside when Ray lands a Hurricane Rana to the outside. Beefy Rana from Lovely. the inside to the outside on Dean on the floor. Back in the ring, Ray hits a sunset flip off the top for a near fall. Some speedy near falls from Ray mm -hmm. Mysterio, but he eventually succumbs as he's going for a tilt a whirl. He gets caught into a reverse DDT, and Dean picks up the three from the reverse DDT. Coming back to what we said about how it shouldn't always be finishers, the finisher yeah. match. This was lovely. Solid with these It's just two. nice. You know, it's always going to be solid with those two names. Like, yeah. you put them in any match, and it's going to be a good match to watch. Put them in against each other is magical. Watch the replay. Yeah. Don't forget. Uh, we come Call to main... your pay-per-view provider right now, or oh, yeah. we're not continuing with this podcast. I know that it's 2023, and likely there aren't any pay-per-view providers anymore. But I want you to think long and hard about it. What if they're listening to this at the point where it's 2147 and pay-per-view providers have come back? It's and uh, flares. Everybody just all of a sudden loves Ticketmaster. <laughs> yeah. Loves paying the charges. Well, Ticketmaster own Earth. <laughs> the, com the, 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 the company Ticketmaster Google Amazon yeah. owns Earth. It's, yeah, Earth will just have its name changed to Amazon or something. <laughs> Planet Amazon. Except it'll be like AMZN because it'll have to be cool and branded. And it'll float on the stock market. Yeah. We'll all have nice, like, silver jumpsuits or something, though. I'm excited. Yeah, before we get locked in our little wage cage. But that's fine, because I'll, I'll happily work in the wage cage for nine hours, and then I will watch my Amazon-branded movies for the rest of the night. I mean, in, a lovely in fairness, if I had to work for Amazon or Netflix, 
in, in like a dystopic situation, I think Amazon would probably be the safer of the two choices because Netflix doesn't have the other side of the business to keep it afloat. Yeah. Plus, Amazon has some pretty good series. Netflix feels like it's a bit on its ass. And it has Morrison's, so you can get that nice bread they do. Very true. <laughs> do you think Netflix is on the way out? No, it, it's just it's one of those things where I think that uh, if you're going to keep pushing the whole uh, no more sharing accounts, it's like, I get it. But um, you came along after the piracy bubble because it became easier to pirate things than pay for it when you had things like LimeWire and BitTorrent starting to come through. And then it was like ease. So it was like, oh, well, fuck doing all that shit, downloading viruses and getting all that. Like for seven quid a month, I can have this. And loads of shits on it. And then Disney and Universal and everybody looked at it and went, hang on. Those are our films that people are paying to watch. We're going to start our own fucking service. Give us them back. Uh, And then now we've got 58,000 services that are all just owned by the company. So you're basically buying the DVD and CD again, which means we're about to enter into another golden age of piracy, which means we'll end up back at some sort of streaming boom again. But if Netflix keeps insisting on the password sharing thing, I think they're done. Yeah. I think think that'll be it because it's like, it's shit. And I get that it's, you know, it's technically stealing. It is stealing, but it's it's just it's part of how it works now, right? Mm. People just do it. Nobody's got the money to pay for seventeen fucking subscription services a month when you know you want to watch one thing on it. Or you go, the worst is when you go on Amazon. And it's just like, hey, yeah, we've got this series uh, for two eighty five an episode. Yeah, and it's like whoa, <laughs> you bastards, you pieces of shit, you fucking bastards. I don't like. And then you just hop on like Daily Motion and it's there. You hop on like Amazon and it's there. And like it's just so many weird little. Sorry, Netflix and is there so many like weird ones that you'd think were tied to one service that aren't? But. Yeah, that's it. Because on PlayStation, we got we got PlayStation Four, so yeah. we kind of go through there, and then you can just search in TV. Yeah, and you'll type in like Succession, and it'll go. It's available here, here, and here. Yeah, here it's this much. Here you do subscription. Here it's that much. It's like yeah, yeah, I have to use Just Watch to find stuff. Oh, yeah, it tells you where it's streaming. That's a useful little. Just get a VPN, mate. Yeah. You'll find somewhere where it's <laughs> where what you want to watch is streamable. There you go. Sponsored by yeah. NordVPN. Give us your money, Nord. Thanks, Thanks, Nord. (laughs) Ding. There'll be a mid-roll ad already gone, but thanks, Nord. It might not have been for Nord. It might be for something else. Snooker. Um, No purchase necessary. (laughs) Definitely a purchase necessary. No purchase necessary except for the replay of Great American Bash 96. (laughs) And we're back. Here we go. All right, you fucking cowards. Uh, Main event o'clock. It's Scott Steiner challenging for the WCW World Title. He comes out sans tiger, but with an injury. His ribs are That's all. That's what he gets up. for coming out to try and help his brother. I thought his brother was supposed to be this big hard man who could look from the highly educated university. Yeah. No, him. he had to come down and help. I thought Rick would be able to take on Harlem Heat, and Scott's just ruined his own chances here. Well, I hope Rick knows what a favorite nonsensical behavior. I hope he never has children. Uh, <laughs> he's facing the giant for the WCW World Title. Tony Tony Schiavone here announces that WCW are doing a series of shows in the Northeast. Yes. Including Hartford, Connecticut, Philadelphia. Including Hartlepool. <laughs> Hartlepool. They're doing, uh, <laughs> they're doing Darlington. And uh, they're doing Drake's Burleson. Now, <clears throat> they're doing Hartford, Connecticut. They're doing Philadelphia. And on Sunday, June the 30th, they're doing the Theatre of Madison Square Garden. Which is the, uh, the Felt Forum, right? Mm, but MSG is WWF territory. Wait, is it, is it Felt Forum? I don't the, know what it's called now. No, because the Felt Forum was like the internal closed-circuit viewing. I'm sure Felt Forum's like a big cinema. Well, this is an arena they're doing it. Yeah. They're, doing the, they're doing it in the Garden Arena. 
Interesting. Mm. So there's a little story behind this. So obviously the World Wrestling Federation and WWE have had this great relationship with Madison Square it Garden was, I mean, forever. Given where the territory is, and you know, it encompassed many states, but it was it was you know it's just called New York. So. Mm. But they did so. To them, is that's a power, that's a, a balls out move by WCW. Mm. But they've done it before. In 1993, they ran the Paramount Theater at Madison Square Garden in front of less than 3,000 people with Sting versus Vader in the main event. They were really dis- upset by the turnout. It wasn't strong because yeah. it's, it's not WCW territory. And also, Ric Flair was meant to be on the show. It was announced during the show that he was unable to make it, mm. and basically the fans spent the rest of the night booing the baby faces. It was like I, I remember reading a thing where it was about like New York crowds being not like smarter but more discerning about yeah. their wrestling tastes because I guess they were kind of spoiled for it, right? They're in a, you know, such a major city, such a major market with, you know, arguably one of the stronger promotions. Um, even before, you know, Vince's takeover, you'd have like big names traveling through every territory, but they had the big arenas, they had the big matches, you know, and it all kind of built. But they sort of, even through like Bruno, like, you know, they they were used to a higher caliber quality of wrestling, I guess, mm. when it was kind of more map-based, traditional, before it was big and showy, um, and comic booky like Vince took it, like Vince Jr. took it. But they were kind of used to more of a, you know, a, a refined wrestling style. So yes. I think they're, they're largely spoiled for it. So when it's just like, oh, I'm not too arsed. Like, I've seen, you know, Vader wrestle before, or I've seen blah. And maybe it's that carrot of like a former star or, you know, somebody who's to be hyped, somebody who's, you know, you know, a big deal elsewhere in the world of wrestling or, you know, whatever. It, it, maybe it's just not as enticing. And they kind of had that school of thought a year later. Yeah. When they announced for November 94, they were going to run the garden with Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair as the main event. Mm. It's more like it. Yeah, that's that's the type of deal. However, the show didn't happen. I wonder why. Well, WWF had a right to refuse deal with Madison Square Garden. So they, well, they had that this. all the way up to New Japan, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And they heard this and they went, no, we want to book a show on that exact night. Yeah. To and which MSG went, yeah, no worries. I'll it was sort of on. like tenure, wasn't it? It's like, well, we've been here longer. Fuck them. Yeah. But so WWF ended up doing a show that night on in MSG just to spite WCW. And it was all the killer bees. <laughs> All night. As as funny as that would be, (laughs) this was actually the night that Diesel beat Bob Backlund in three seconds to be WWF world champion. Oh, God. So so that's also a little thing. Hey, thanks for that, Madison Square Garden. We're going to have a title change in you. Yeah. So that happened on this site. So this is the third time being the charm for WCW running the garden. Uh, And they put on a show headlined by the Giant versus Sting. Uh, Bruno Sammartino uh, is the guest referee for Randy Savage versus Ric Flair. Which has just got to have been bizarre. Yeah. That's proper bizarro world. That's yeah. an invasion right there. Yeah. You know who I like, am. You're like <laughs> Superman being across at Marvel. Mm. <laughs> what the fuck? And it got weirder because apparently Pedro Morales was in the corner of Conan when mm. he beat Kevin Sullivan. Like these are WWF stalwarts who are here. They're uh, just big names in wrestling past though, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They did three and a half thousand fans, which was still, whilst better than what they did before, this is at the height of WCW's power and they still weren't drawing. And they went, you know what? Let's stop dipping our wick in Madison yeah. Square Garden. Let's let's just crack on where we know we're going to yeah. do well and we're going to have the hottest storyline in the world mm. you know, very shortly. So I'm sure that the problem isn't going to be necessarily as bad elsewhere. No. But there's a fun little walk through WCW's adventures into Madison Square Garden. I think, yeah. I think that um, Jimmy Hart appears so many times that we need to kind of pretend that he's a clone. 
Like, is be. he getting paid per appearance? Because if he is, that man is making oh, bank. If, if I know, like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like, a bit of a grifter. Just, so I like to think You're going to pay me per it. appearance? They sign it accidentally not reading it. And he's just like, well, I've been on the show seven times tonight, guys. So here's me invoice. So I, we need to separate them up. So we've had Jimmy... We should call one of them James. Uh, and this one, Jim the James Jam, Jimmy Jam. Jimmy, okay, so Jim the James Jam, Jimmy Jam yeah. uh, is with the giant as he batters Steiner. Now, Steiner makes a couple <laughs> of attempts to try and lift the giant off the back, <laughs> off the top. But Fair to, play to you for keeping this on track, mate. I'm doing all right, aren't I? <laughs> I'm, it's, I feel like I'm driving a car on a very rocky <laughs> road. Going, Boy. <laughs> bringing it back around. Putting the handbrake on for a laugh. <laughs> Let's take the handbrake off, shall we? Changing gears. We'll go for, knocking you in a neutral. Should we go, should we go for there. ice cream? We'll go for ice cream. Uh, he gets... You take me past the ice cream shop and he dropped me in the vets. <laughs> ah, no! Just in a little Cut crate. his balls! Just like... <laughs> Sitting there. <laughs> uh, it's very much as, as sad. Like, the fans were as sad as Sam getting his balls cut at the vet. <laughs> When Steiner failed to fa lift the giant in the main event well, of Nitro. Well, it starts off with Steiner kind of going for it, and then he immediately sells the back. So obviously yeah. his, his ribs are done. He's not really got that central base. Uh, and then he, he, you know, giant knocks him back. Mm. And he's not to be deterred. And he goes for it again. The crowd starts to warm up, and then he gets knocked back, and then he goes for it again. And then eventually, you know, after a few times of going for it, the crowd's really behind it. Yes. Like they're, they're kind of, oh. Uh, Giant stomps the shit out of Steiner, pushes him outside. <laughs> Giant beats on Scotty around the ring, gets him back in the ring with a camel clutch. There's a brave comeback attempt, but it's shot down. This is a very much a giant onslaught here. Yeah. However, Giant goes out to get a steel chair. And, and gives... emerges with a wooden chair. Oh, yeah, and he emerges with a wooden <laughs> chair. Well spotted, actually. I just My muscle memory wrote steel chair. It's a better visual, though. Because I, I saw the wooden chair, and I was like, what the fuck? But it's a better visual. It does lead to a much better visual. Uh, a chop block from Scotty and yep. a sleeper, again, no effect. There's an incredible moment where Scott's in the corner and giant barrels towards him. Scott gets out of the way last minute and then he fucking hooks him in, explode a suplex yeah. on the giant. The crowd go fucking mental. They ape shit, don't they? It's amazing. The reaction <laughs> for Steiner throwing giant and this is one of the reasons he gets why him way over though like giant yeah. goes down giants just sort of like slowly coming to gets back up on a one knee but by the time he's up on a one knee scott's already just laying it back in because it's like right he's down now you can't let him get back up if he gets vertical base you're fucked so it's like you have the high ground use it he grabs the wooden chair which jimmy hart attempts to get off him but knocks jimmy shakes away. Him away sorry jim jim the james jam jimmy sorry, jam jim the james jam jimmy jam <laughs> And then with Jimmy the James Jam, Jimmy Jam on the outside hurt, Scott Snyder cracks this wooden chair over the giant. <laughs> it explodes. It's like throwing a fucking Lego Death Star against the wall. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Because Giant doesn't fucking move. Yeah. He then looks it's, at death, death stare at Snyder. What are you just trying to do to me? <laughs> like he just like he just slagged off his mother yeah. rather than hit him with an implement. And Steiner, and, and Steiner just like stares in horror as he gets goozled. Yeah, fucking and it goes way out. up as well. He's just like, whoop, whoop, plants him. And then it's a three count and the giant retains. I fucking a loved this. Commentary, go to your room. Yeah, just that's a weird line from Heenan. <laughs> go to your room. But I loved it. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, I. it's Scott Steiner. You know, mm. it's Scott Steiner in this time. Just, it just 
works so well as like a valiant baby face. He really does. Like, but the giant as well is a great heel. Like he's a monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but every so often you see a hole in the scales, mm. and it's like that's what makes a good champion is that feeling of on any night he's a monster, but on any night with the right energy he could be beat. Yeah. And that's that's kind of there's always got to be that kind of teetering edge, right? Because yeah. it's like even if giants say twenty foot in front of that edge, mm. he's slowly getting pushed back toward it. Because the more that he's going to have to defend, the more he's going to get worn down. Mm. But it's like who's going to be the person that finally topples the giant over the edge? Yeah, somebody putting money in a fruit machine. He's going to catch that one machine that's had about thirty quid pumped into it, and this yeah. is going to be the you one. You put another two hundred in there, give up for a half hour, leave the bar, and when the guy's done getting all his money out you go in there you put another 200 quid in <laughs> that's gambling yeah gamble not responsibly <laughs> main event of the night is mean gene on the ramp <laughs> right can we talk about this may like, i am glad that we are so shall i have shall i lay, lay, lay out lay, the scene we we have two invaders who are for all intents and purposes until last night um, not last night, the, the yeah, Great American night, Bash. Was it, it was last Great night? Mar- yeah, Bash yeah. was 24 hours before. Yeah, so it, the last night at the Bash, uh, you have this kind of gauntlet laid down. Eric Bischoff accepts war. Bischoff's thrown off the stage. It's like, well, fuck, we're going to need three guys. They've got an extra guy. Who's their extra guy? There's a lot of like questioning going on. But it's like, we've got six names right? Like that was said at the start of the show is six names that are kind of interested. They've thrown their hat into it. And it's like, right, how do you determine the six, you know, getting down to a three, surely maybe it'll be kind of just a straight elimination thing where they just randomly pull the matches. There's going to be some element of that. There's going to be no mean genes here to say that we've got Hogan, the giant flair, Luger sting and, and Randy, uh, they were the six to put the name forward. And then what does he say immediately afterwards? The three names that were drawn at random. (laughs) Fuck. I get it. You know, it doesn't make sense to have them face off against each other when you've got a a big match like that coming up. I get it completely. But it just felt a bit flat to have them be like, these are the six names. And the three are going to be... Yeah. (laughs) Immediately after listing off the six, he just lists off three of them. The names that were chosen were Lex Luger, Sting, and the Macho Man. Now, do you know what? Because they base it on win-loss record as well. Surely the Giant, he's undefeated. Hey, he's, and he's, the he's, he's too much of a wild card. Nah, He'll see Lex Luger on a fan t-shirt and flip out. So he said, you know, Leg, Sting and Match are all going to get on. Yeah. So there's there's a method in the madness there. Leg is obviously a double champion, so I get why he's there. However I feel about sort of how Leg is booked, he's a double champ, I get it. Uh, Sting has, you know, he's, he is Mr. WCW. That's absolutely the right choice to make. And Macho Man is, you know, very popular guy. Yeah. So put him in there as well. Three big baby faces, well, two big baby faces and a Luger, whatever Luger's doing (laughs) that week, because it just feels like nobody fucking knows. Uh, But, you know, you've got three big faces there that people can get behind, like big sort of heavyweight wrestlers and, Mm. you know, very prominent people on the card. Uh, They're very much considered a threat of these outsiders. Bobby Heenan says in closing, remember the Gulf War? We were the outsiders in Kuwait and we kicked their ass. Don't count anybody out. Big words. It's all been about war tonight and yeah. buying the pay-per-view replay. Um, I love how 
Kevin Ash and Scott Hall are presented as such threats. Yeah, totally. I really like Totally, that. it's shifted. It's, it's yeah. sort of, it, it felt like a very distracted Nitro, but for a good reason. Yeah. It felt like it never quite settled. It was just always a bit like, oh. And how different, like, because we're doing the invasion. We were coming to the end of the invasion on the SmackDown review. Yeah. And how different in terms of time, because the WWE guys have come in and it took like, all of them to be seen as somewhat of a threat. And now they're kind of this sort of homogenized meh. Whereas here, you've got two. And WWE have gone, four, we're fucked. But as we're about to find out with the NWO, less is sometimes a lot more. Oh, yeah. Because that's like, oh, this is fucking amazing. It's all right. It's just two of them. There's three of them. Fucking hell. Stings in the roof. What's going on? Enjoy, enjoy the less because it becomes the more. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It really is. And until we're next back together to talk all about it, he is at the Sound Driver on Twitter to get some sleep. I'm at the Tom Campbell on Twitter together. Eat shit every Monday night. <laughs>